0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. I've decided to add a segment to the podcast because I always have some kind of thought that I want to talk about which really has nothing to do with the content. And so I'm just going to add like a thought of the week. And my thought this week is in the age of information that we live in and in the the age of double speed podcasts, you can quite like superficially hear or take in a lot of information without really digesting it so maybe that that means you're not taking it in basically you can be passively around a lot of information without really thinking about it or fully taking it in and when i hear something or read something that really makes me think i quite like to stop there for the day which is slightly annoying like if if i've just started listening to a podcast then i'm like oh that's such a good point and then i just like to linger on it which means that i don't really like to take anything else in because i feel like otherwise i don't fully think about that concept or give myself time to consider it without then quickly moving on to the next thing and i think when i first noticed this it was at conferences so i listened to maybe an amazing talk And if that was like a keynote speech on its own, I would maybe spend a whole week thinking about that afterwards, maybe reading more on that topic or exploring the idea or talking to other people about it. But if it's quickly followed by another amazing talk, like it usually is, if you go to a really good conference, I quickly move on and forget about the ideas behind the first talk or what I was so excited about in the first talk. And then, unfortunately, I feel like I never really end up going back and untangling my thoughts on that topic. So that's my thought this week. Uh, I'm not sure what you want to do with that, if you want to action that in any way, but that's just what how I feel. Don't know if other people feel like that as well. Anyhow, that was very strange, I'm sorry. I've not I've not been feeling great and sometimes when I don't feel very well. Not lot like Guys, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. I mean, I've just been slightly under the weather. (laughs) And sometimes when that happens, I get a little bit weird. Like, weirder than usual. So that's what we're dealing with today. But I did really want to talk about happiness. And I've been thinking about this. I've been mulling it over. It's been brewing in my mind. Ever since we sort of briefly touched on it on the productivity podcast with Hannah. And I actually quite often get asked how I stay so happy and positive, And I see that as like a huge um, compliment. And there are numerous reasons for this. And one of them, undoubtedly, undoubtedly? Yeah, that's right. Is that I really love my life and I'm extremely grateful for it. And I'm hugely privileged. And th- the other reason, because there are people in very similar positions to me who aren't as happy, who aren't as positive. But the other reason is that i choose to be happy and positive and by that i mean i actively do things to make sure that i am appreciating what i have i journal on it daily like if you're looking to find a way to be more happy and positive i would try that and try it for more than a week and also i think there used to be this trend i've not seen it for a while on social media where you would be like, I'm doing 10 days of gratitude and I'm going to post every day about one thing that I'm grateful for. Fine, if it gets you to do it. But I think one of the important things about journaling is it's a note to yourself, from yourself, only to be read by yourself. And it makes what you write so much more true. You might decide that you want to share that with someone like, oh, do you know what, I was really grateful for you today and that's a really nice thing to do. But I think the whole point in journaling, really one of the benefits you're going to get from it is it's to you and it's not there to it's not there for social approval it's not there to prove anything it's not there to pat yourself on the back like it is just for you so the the topic for this podcast is happiness i've already gone on a slight tangent there but people often give out this advice that i really don't find particularly useful which is just do what makes you happy And I find that particularly unhelpful because most of us don't actually know what will make us happy, at least not in the long term. And when we follow the just do what makes you happy advice, we usually increase like short term happiness or we seek short term happiness, but rarely long term happiness. And it's probably the difference between happiness and pleasure. Like pleasure, I would see more as like a short term thing, a somewhat. Fickle pursuit, if you will, whereas true happiness is a little bit deeper than that. So to explore this, I want to bring in the concept of baseline happiness or the hedonic treadmill. This is the notion that we all have a baseline happiness. And research suggests that our baseline happiness is dictated by primarily a combination of three things. It's thought to be on average 50% genetic, 40% intentional activity, and only 10% circumstance. And I found the genetic component surprising, although I shouldn't really, because I'm always surprised by the impact of genetics every time I read up on it. So I feel like I shouldn't be surprised by it anymore, but maybe one day, maybe one day I will learn. And obviously, when you look at these percentages, like this is fluid. And these are done on averages and the circumstance would no doubt be bigger if, or like in certain situations, like if you live in a war-torn country, I'm assuming that circumstance would probably have a bigger impact there. But what is great about this is there is a big scope to increase your happiness via intentional activity because you have control over that. And the idea of this baseline happiness hypothesis is that, events will cause a spike in happiness or events will cause a drop in happiness but that it always comes back to this baseline level and the idea thus isn't to try to avoid the peaks and troughs which are inevitable throughout life in fact if you try to avoid those things you'll you'll probably numb yourself somewhat because you have to feel both that's part of truly living and truly feeling And this is the biggest thing I think that I learned from therapy. And I think it may seem like so, so obvious to so many people. But for some reason, it just was not obvious to me at all. Or I just really didn't want to know it. So I like chose not to see it. Sometimes I think that like your bias can make you blind to things. But it's essentially that you can't pick and choose what you feel. You feel it all or you numb it all and once you accept both as in the good and the bad emotions then you intensify your emotions then you start to truly feel things and i mentioned this on a q and a with andy but my experience of that was after going to therapy like i laughed so much at everything like to the point that it was like getting quite distracting <laughs> and like i would literally be like unable to breathe like crying with laughter about absolutely nothing it was really enjoyable actually But I think that was partly like a release of like, okay, I'm not numbing emotion anymore and I'm really feeling these things. And I think I was that much more present as well. Like if you think about your ability to laugh is kind of reliant on you being present in the moment. If you're thinking about what you need to do next or worrying about something that's already happened or anxious about something, you're much less likely to like really laugh. I mean, like really, really laugh. So the point is when we make room for all experience like the good experience and the bad experience and we don't try to dampen or numb the bad things that happen you will allow yourself to feel more and despite what logic might tell you like "Mm, reducing negative emotions would make you happy i don't think it does like if your focus is on trying to reduce the negative emotions i don't think that will make you happier and i heard might say say this wrong because let's be honest, we all know I'm very, very bad at pronouncing names, but I think it's Tal Ben Shahar. I could be wrong. But I heard him explain this on a podcast and it really like struck home for me. So his explanation was this. You have one emotional pipeline which all of your emotions flow through. And if you block the negative emotions, you will also block the positive emotions. So if you block envy sadness anxiety and sorrow you also block happiness excitement and joy and he quoted i can't remember who the quote was by but after this explanation he quoted those who cannot weep with their whole heart cannot laugh either it's two sides of the same coin and i was like oh that's good mate that's that's really gold i mean gold enough that i didn't remember exactly who said that i think it was like an emperor of somewhere But anyway, I clearly liked that quote because it completely fitted with my experience after therapy of just hysterically laughing at everything. He also claimed that success doesn't lead to happiness, but that happiness leads to success. Like, that's thinking. Success doesn't lead to happiness, but that happiness leads to success. And the reason behind that is that you're more creative, you're more productive, you're a better version of yourself when you're happy. And he states that, or his theory is that the causality there is backwards so most people think that success leads to happiness but actually it's happiness that leads to success an interesting thought there Hmm. and i think another thing about happiness and positivity positivity oh god i'm really (laughs) i don't feel that okay i also have a live in 30 minutes and um Oh, he's just messaging me. Oh, yeah, we'll be fine. We're gonna get through this together. I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like I'm having a migraine, but it's never actually come. Like it's just lingering. It's just on the brink. Anyway, my point is, what was my point? I don't really actually remember. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, positivity is the word that tripped me up. Um, what what was I saying about positivity? okay i think what i want to say about happiness was that there's this notion maybe that happy people don't experience negative emotions and that's just simply not true like no matter who you are you will experience negative emotions and that doesn't make you a neggy person it just makes you real so don't stress about it people who are constantly positive like constantly all the time You might be thinking, that sounds like you, Emma. But no, I'm not always positive. I do realise that there are negative things. I will accept that. But if someone is constantly positive and just, like, I don't know, claims they don't experience negativity at all or have any negative feelings, they are lying. That's what's happened. If you don't feel any negative emotions ever, you're either massively suppressing them or a psychopath and i think some coaches probably like i don't know many therapists on a personal level but probably therapists too because you know what they are also human put so much pressure on themselves to never struggle with anything like newsflash coaches struggle too probably with their body image, probably with their relationship with food, probably with many of the things that they are helping you with. And I am willing to bet that therapists struggle as well with their mental health, with the very thing that they're trying to help you with. It doesn't make them bad therapists, it makes them human. Everyone experiences painful emotions. It is unavoidable. And actually, the really courageous thing to do is to embrace and accept that and to get help when you need it. A happier healthier coach helps more clients if you need extra support then go and get some extra support that's why i have a coach that's why i go to therapy not just for me but for my clients it makes me a better coach a better mentor a better educator if i look after myself and on this post post on this point i read a really incredible email from chris from modern wisdom If you don't listen to that podcast, you should. It's very excellent. And he was talking about how we should think like athletes if we really want to be good at something. And I actually don't like the athlete mentality, which kind of drew me into reading it. And because I'm pretty against the all or nothing mindset, which I'm sure anyone who's listened to more than maybe one podcast will have realised by now. But... I did like his point, which was that if you want to perform at your absolute best in a pursuit, any pursuit, you need to curate your life to optimise that performance. And we see athletes do it all the time with training, with recovery, with nutrition, with sleep, with mindset, hydration. Their whole life is geared around optimising their performance. Yet we rarely do this for our own endeavours outside of sport like potentially if you're listening and you're an athlete you're like yeah get that but most of us don't do that so if you're a writer you should be curating your life around when you write best and making sure that you do all that you can to optimize those working conditions if you're a coach you should be making sure that you manage your personal life so that you turn up at your best for your clients that might mean therapy that might mean further education that might mean getting to bed on time so that you're not exhausted for 6am sessions and turning up and not being fully present with your clients like if you need to do all those things to make yourself the absolute best at what you're doing then prioritize those things and don't worry about what anyone else thinks because some other people like for some reason we accept it with athletes if if someone's like no I need to do this this and this because I've got a match on the weekend and I'm a professional football player no one's like hmm, that seems a little bit excessive hon. but if you're like do you know what I'm going to get to bed early because I know I've got A webinar tomorrow and I want to get up early and prepare to it, people are like (laughs) taking it a little bit seriously aren't you? Yeah, I am actually taking it quite seriously because I want to be freaking good at it. Thanks. Okay, changing tack slightly because I was also thinking about the other side of happiness like what makes us unhappy and I think a lot of unhappiness comes from dissatisfaction or from comparison and from envy wanting essentially wanting what other people have without realizing the context and this is so rife now on social media like you see someone's highlight reel as opposed to the reality of what their life is actually like and the fact that there are ups and downs in everyone's life even if they live an amazing life or you look at someone's overnight success and you're mega jealous of it and you don't actually realize that it's come off the back of years and years of hard work You don't see the sacrifice because most people don't share the sacrifice because most people don't want to see the sacrifice. Like It's not liked on social media. Plus, an important point to make on the point of sacrifice as well is that one person's sacrifice or one person's action or is that the right way to say it? Basically, it might not seem like a sacrifice to you but it might seem like a sacrifice to someone else depending on what their values are so we all have our own values of what is important to us and for some people giving up something might seem like a huge sacrifice it might be a huge sacrifice to you to avoid weekly nights out because you want to prioritize recovery well guess what that's what you need to do if you want to optimize performance so if you're looking at i don't know an elite crossfit athlete and you're like oh, i wish i was as good as them at doing handstand walks but you're not willing to put in the effort to get there and effort doesn't just mean inside the training like it doesn't just mean turning up to the gym sessions it means everything outside of that that's what it takes to be successful in that pursuit and often you'll see the outcome you're like i want the outcome and i'm jealous of that outcome but you wouldn't be jealous of the outcome if you realized what it took to get there hopefully that makes sense there is usually a shadow side to success there is a cost that comes with success. And maybe you're so successful in business because you sacrifice another part of your life. And maybe that doesn't feel like a sacrifice to you, but it might to someone else. Thoughts, Mm, yes, interesting, something to ponder maybe. So I'm gonna like start wrapping up a little bit. So I want this to have some take home, not just me basically talking about things that I've been thinking about how do you actually get happier in my opinion and like now sort of understanding more this like baseline happiness hypothesis i think the aim is to raise that baseline and doing that is quite gradual it's not going on holiday it's not an immediate reward it's not pleasure it's increasing like habitual happiness and happiness isn't a destination it's going to be a continuous pursuit and it will always require effort. You won't get there and you're like, oh, now I have happiness, don't need to do any more work. Like it, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. It's kind of like, you know, like muscle protein synthesis and proteins in like a constant state of flux, like constant state of muscle protein breakdown and build-up. <laughs> oh, I mean, that could work an analogy. I'm not gonna push it. But basically, you always need some stimulation of muscle protein synthesis via amino acids, and that, you know frequent flow of amino acids to build to build muscle much like you need that constant effort to maintain happiness yeah it doesn't work (laughs) so the question isn't really like how to be happy as if it's this like defined endpoint where you're just going to be happy and you've made it the question really is how to be happier and it will always take effort and it will always be iterating and continuing you'll never really get there and i think happiness really comes from within the way that you improve happiness is to focus on what you already have and start appreciating what you already have as opposed to always trying to get more and i mean we see that every day right there are millionaires who have everything but actually aren't happy and then there are people who on the outside looks like they don't have very much but they're happy Like, it's not to do with material possessions or external successes. I also think that rather than the pursuit of happiness, like, pursuing a meaningful life is a much better pursuit. I think, to me, happiness has always seemed a bit too vague. Most people don't really know what will make them happy, and when they follow the advice of, just do what makes you happy, they're more focused on that immediate pleasure as opposed to long-term happiness. What's going to make me happier in five years like are the actions I do now going to make me happier in five years it's kind of like delayed gratification right seeing a puppy might spike your happiness momentarily I mean it's more pleasure isn't it but it's not going to raise your baseline level of happiness however doing something meaningful is far more likely to result in in my opinion anyway chronic happiness feeling driven is an amazing feeling like being excited, having a purpose. Those things to me are the most important things. And on the flip side, lacking purpose is something people really, really struggle with. In fact, the research shows that unemployment has the biggest impact on long-term happiness. And I'm willing to bet that doesn't have anything to do with not having a job and everything to do with not feeling like you have purpose. Like I'm willing to bet if someone was unemployed, but they were, I don't know, a painter, and their purpose was to get up and make art, even though they didn't technically have a job. I mean, that is a job, but whatever. You get my point? Like, if they had a pursuit that they felt gave them purpose, I don't think it would have as negative an impact on long-term happiness. And finally, like, an actionable point, and something that I'm constantly working on, is being more present. I fully believe that happiness and enjoyment depend on your ability to truly be present and this is something that I really really struggle with like being present being in the moment not being distracted and can you truly be happy if you're not in the moment if your head is elsewhere then surely the experience that you're feeling now is dulled and you can be like physically present for sure and you can be with someone but are you really with someone if you're not present like in the mind (laughs) and i think especially with like phones and social media and notifications distracting you that can all add to not being fully present in the moment and an analogy that clicked for me was not being present is like listening to three of your favorite songs but listening to them all at the same time like you can't enjoy all of them at the same time. And actually it's just, it's horrible to listen to them all at the same time. It's just noise. If you want to maximize happiness and enjoyment, then work on your ability to be mentally present, not just physically present. And turning off your phone or turning off notifications or leaving your phone somewhere else, like it's a start, but I don't think it's everything. Like I think it goes a little bit deeper than that. So to conclude, I hope this podcast hasn't been too weird. I hope that it's made you think. I hope that you're going to action some points. And I think the take home really is that the key to happiness isn't striving for more. It's appreciating what you have and like you are allowed to be happy now. Don't wait for happiness. Don't wait until your bikini body queen to be happiness or till you fit into X jeans or till you graduate from your degree or until you have a house and three kids. Like you can be happy now and still strive for more. They're not mutually exclusive. And happiness isn't at the end of your diet. Like, it doesn't look a certain way and it's also not earning more money. It's something that we can all have now. There we go. (laughs) Namaste. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do tag me on Instagram. I'm quite uh, intrigued to see how this one goes. I don't have a very good vibe on or perception of really what I just spoke about it's the illness it, I think I just feel very very strange today but if you have enjoyed that please do let me know and if you are interested in coaching head to esgfitness.co.uk fill in an application tell me about your goals and I will email you back and tell you how I can help you or if I'm not the right person to help you I will direct you to someone who is because I have a freaking great network of people So if you have a goal and you want some help, you literally have nothing to lose. So head over to esgfitness.co.uk.